0: If green is your favorite color or your way of living, then Grounded is the place for you. From big environmental solutions to your own backyard, wherever in the universe you may be, join me, Melanie Walker, on a journey to a cleaner, greener life. Grounded, your window on the environment. And a very very warm welcome on a very very chilly day <laughs> to all of you yes it's still winter which means that um, we have got a whole lot of uh, problems happening around not just in south africa but i would imagine the entire world when it comes to people trying to keep warm however what we're talking about today is not just about how you as an individual can actually do something to be a little friendlier towards the environment but also how we can convince or get involved with businesses impact on nature. Now not too long ago it was World Environment Day and as far as I'm concerned every day is World Environment Day because we should be really really friendly towards our environment after all that's what's hopefully going to keep us going as much as possible although sometimes the environment does play against us especially with this pandemic that we're living through but to to talk us through how we can actually have a look at what greenhouse gases are doing these days um, what the effects of them are on nature and how we can be better, whether we are an individual or business. We've got Eckhart Zollner, the Head of Business Development at EDS Systems. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Melanie, nice to be with you and to listeners. Okay, now what, what does EDS actually do? What is it all about?
1: So, EDS provides some sustainable economic development solutions in the mining sector, in the renewable energy sector and from last year when the new carbon tax act in South Africa came into legislation we felt there was a requirement and a calling for us to get involved in that sector as well we felt it's a a very new, very important sector that can't be underestimated but we saw in industry that very little was understood about it and we thought we'd use our skills to just create an awareness and make it, make it simpler to unpack the implications of the requirements that the government is putting on industry, both through the um, liabilities with regards to taxation and also with the requirement of uh, reporting greenhouse gas emissions to the Department of Environmental Affairs. Okay. Now, I mean, the, the carbon
0: tax thing has been muted around the world for years now. I mean, with um, certain comp- uh, countries refusing to sign the agreement. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you know, people are taking this seriously. Over the years, I have done a lot of interviews with companies who have said, look, we really need to get on board and actually be responsible for what we're putting out. How bad these days is the situation with greenhouse gases after the amount of work that's been put into it, say, for the last 20, 30 years, ever since we became aware of what it
1: was doing to the atmosphere and to the environment? It depends where you're looking. You know, we've seen some countries, Japan, Europe, even parts in the USA, um, that have done more about it. Um, a couple of countries in Europe have already switched off all their coal-fired power stations others are well on their way to doing so um, but other countries specifically developing economies, emerging countries um, are, are way behind and because this is a global problem and greenhouse gases don't just affect the country that they originate from, they affect the whole planet. It's, it's, a, it's a problem that needs to be tackled globally and, and holistically.
0: So obviously I mean we're still usually we're very dependent on coal here in South Africa, I mean, even our electrical grid. <laughs> mm. If it, the coal gets wet, we're we in trouble, we have no electricity. But uh, I mean, what is the alternative to it? I mean, what, what are the main culprits when it comes to greenhouse gases?
1: Yeah, so certainly energy generation in South Africa is, is, is one of them. And whilst we as individuals or as companies only have very little say on the energy mix that we have as the country, we do have a lot of influence on how much energy we use, and that has an indirect effect on reducing greenhouse gases essentially, just by looking at our our energy consumption, our awareness around our energy consumption is the first very important step in reducing those greenhouse gases um, and We come from an environment where energy is very, very cheap, and we didn't give two thoughts to switching um, very inefficient devices on and leaving them on and using them um, without being conscious of any implications. Um, it really starts with auditing one's own energy consumption and turning towards newer technologies which are a lot lower consumption um, usage-based and um, which are a lot more environmentally friendly.
0: So so what are some of those things? I mean, obviously, wind power, solar power, but I mean, a lot of the, as you said, developing countries are not really jumping on board with those kind of alternative technologies when it comes to creating energy and power.
1: It's really around creating the right framework because um, ultimately it requires an investment. Um, it also requires a detailed look in what power you're using when. Different technologies are better for different types of electrical loads for instance, solar works very really well from 9 to 5 when the sun is shining. But if you're 24 by 7 operations and you're running three shifts in the factory, you're going to need to have access to in- energy continuously. So if you want to go off-grid, you need to invest in some sort of energy storage technology, which is still quite prohibitively expensive.
0: So so what are you saying to corporates about how they can lessen their carbon footprint? What are the, What are the most... Kind of important things that they should be taking on
1: board? Yeah, so it starts with the old argument that you can't manage anything if you don't measure it. And that's really um, where, where we started our work in, in terms of developing a software-based tool to just simply simplify the, the act of, of, of measuring your emission factors, your consumption and your carbon footprint. Um, essentially you need to set yourself targets as well and these targets need to be continuously reviewed because otherwise um, you're not going to reach an improvement. What's missing a little bit in South Africa especially is also just a consumer-based awareness of the importance of um, carbon footprint management and carbon footprint visualization. Um, Mm. We still in an environment where we don't think twice to jump into our car and go through five liters of diesel just to buy a box of cigarettes or a can of coke you know but all of these activities contribute very, very negatively to our overall carbon footprint.
0: And I know that this is going to be a strange one to ask. Did the levels of all of these things somewhat dissipate, not just here in South Africa, but worldwide? Do you know during the lockdown that's happened in so many countries?
1: Absolutely, the, the levels are said to have um, reduced by about 17% um, in the last couple of months. Um, hundreds of countries were under lockdown, industries were stopped. So, uh, very positive um, direction. And for the first time, we are really seeing, even for a few people that were still doubting that man-made activities have an impact on our greenhouse gases. This now has been disproven that we know our activities affect uh, greenhouse gases trapped in the atmosphere. Um, it's nowhere near enough to achieve our targets of of getting to a point where we limit in accordance to the Paris Agreement, our temperature increases, and obviously we've set ourselves targets to become carbon neutral, you know, but Mm. it shows us the right direction that we need to be going into.
0: But then there's also those people that sit there and say, oh, we need a certain amount of carbon and carbon dioxide in the air, because otherwise the plants can't actually create oxygen. So we can't, like, become too carbon deficient either. Or have i got that all wrong i mean no, I, I no, have right. all of these things that come across my plate you yeah, know?
1: No, you're right but they're the natural the natural mechanisms natural methods that then um, nature does that for us nature you know has its own balance and we've gone and upset that balance we're trying to get back to levels at the moment that were last seen in the early 2000s but ultimately we need to get back to levels that you know we're seen in the early days of the when measurements were started, you know, earlier in, in the 20th century.
0: So have things really not improved all that much over, the, say, the last 20 years? If you say we're, tr- we're trying to get back to the levels at the beginning of the, the 2000s, because, I mean, this has been going for a lot longer, where people have been trying to get the carbon emissions lower, to become carbon neutral, to um, eradicate greenhouse gases. So has it not improved all that much since it all started? Has there been any improvement at all?
1: Yeah, there has been improvement, but really only since I think it was 196 countries or so signed the Paris Agreement in, in 2016. So that's only four years ago. Before that, yes, there was an awareness and there were activities, but it, there wasn't really a, a driving factor. And it was probably, you know, like anything, it was probably more treated as a hobby than an imperative. Um And it wasn't really regularly enforced and, and, and countries weren't held liable for it. So what do you think will
0: happen now going forward, um, especially now as we've seen how this lockdown has managed to take away a lot of the issues that were happening in the air? Um, do you think companies are going to be a little bit more aware of what they're doing? How are you going to get other companies to kind of say, right, we are going to actually do something for the environment. Now that we realize that these things can go global.
1: Look, we're all globally in very, very tough economic conditions. Um, we need to first of all get the economy and the businesses going again. But at the same time, we need to do it out from a conscience um, that we can't be ignoring the environmental impact. And we've had concepts, you know, in in companies, what we call, for instance, um, triple bottom line reporting for for quite a while. So the concepts are not new. We now need to embrace them a lot more actively and a lot more stronger that we realize we we also also have to report on the sustainability of our business and the sustainability of us inside this, this one planet that we have. And it's really around the consciousness and, and the journey. And I think the way the legislation has been put in place, you know, it's it's been done with a conscience that you can't just impose very harsh penalties from day one it includes things like um, free allowances it includes things like percentages allowed for carbon based trade offset trading in other words you can through carbon positive activities reduce carbon li- liabilities on the other side so it's it's both it's uh, government has chosen a carrot as well as a stick approach um, that needs to be embraced and become part of our everyday um, thinking and decision making.
0: What happens when your air gets completely polluted and how we've actually seen during the lockdown around the world many strange things happening like the hole in the ozone layer possibly getting a little smaller if not closing up especially in China where so many industries had to cut down and stop working where the air cleared up where you could actually stop seeing the air that you breathe. And I'm sure that some of us have been in places where you do wake up in the morning, even Johannesburg during wintertime, you walk outside, you see the air you're breathing. Los Angeles, it's like that all year round. Well, to discuss how um, we can get not just you, but also companies on board with being a little bit more carbon efficient. I was speaking to Eckhart Zollner from EDS
1: Systems. Now,
0: Eckhard, um you were talking about being carbon positive. How is one carbon positive?
1: There are a number of initiatives there that have been developed to create carbon positive activities. It's all around helping nature regain its footprint with regards to its own natural ways of absorbing carbon from the air. As a society, we have encroached onto large parts of nature. We've encroached and polluted large parts of our oceans. Large parts of land have been destroyed. And all of these were areas that were naturally absorbing carbon from the air. For instance, we have um, our marine life, our our algae that 's growing in the ocean absorbs carbon but if and the, puts
0: out more oxygen in the the Amazon rainforest as well
1: yes so but if the oceans are polluted and the surface is polluted, and those organisms are killed off, we lose that source of carbon conversion we 've got large pieces of land that have been destroyed and, and left, left completely derelict. you know they need to be rehabilitated. Mm. Um, maybe get some cover crops or something again, you're creating a source of conversions, not to mention things like deforestation and so on so there are many activities even in the urban jungle that allows companies and individuals to invest in a carbon positive program for those areas.
0: So, I mean, we're talking about South Africa, which of course is a, a fairly, de- um, not quite a totally developed country. We're in a strange position. We're sort of halfway between first and third world when it comes to certain things. But I mean, I've, I find it quite encouraging when I read about things like, for instance, in China, where they, they've now planted And we we always have this discussion about the largest man-made forests in the world. And everybody says Johannesburg, it isn't actually the largest man-made urban forest either. I think we're only seventh on the list. But in China, they've built, they've planted the largest man-made forest on earth. Not in an urban area, but just to actually, were they doing that, do you think, to offset their carbon footprint? Or was it just because... They suddenly realized that they really needed to do something because otherwise China itself was going to be in a big in a big situation where they they were never going to come back from it with deforestation.
1: yeah they certainly have had the spotlight turned on them with regards to becoming more environmentally conscious. It's a little bit difficult China also relies um, massively on natural resources so they there may be the need just for Plant-based natural resources, but that in itself is a good thing because I think we are seeing also a big swing in terms of um, a lot of the materials that we produce in the in the single-use packaging industry and so on, swinging from artificial resources into plant-based resources.
0: Mm, absolutely. Now, on a global system, I, I don't know how other. If we take it in in stages of where we are with the rest of the world, I think that so many things we are quite. Um, on board with being environmentally friendly in South Africa and actually trying things. And there's been a lot of great things that are coming out of the country. But how far are we when it comes to being up there with people who are doing positive things for the environment? Mm,
1: I, think, um, I think we are still in the lower third, but um, I think we are ahead of many other developing countries um because we are quite intimately tied into global trade and into reliance on um on global investment that we realized for quite a while um part of a broader community and if you want to work in those investment communities if, if you work uh, want to work in those trade blocks you you have to comply to certain criteria and and specific ways of doing things which which is a good thing you know we've learned our own hard lessons in the country for, um, for instance, I don't know if you remember the episode we had from asbestos mining and uses usage of asbestos. We're still paying for those mistakes from 30, 40, 50 years ago, and we certainly don't want to be going back there. So I think we are well networked into, in, into the global bodies that are researching and driving the regulation and the legislation at all times. And we're doing reasonably well in terms of balancing what the country can afford and how we can um, implement, um, programs also for the benefit of our own population. You know, mm. um, it's, it's in many cases, it's, it's an important job creator. If you think of the recycling industry, you know, so we, we have to take the imperative that the environment puts on us and convert it into locally South African homegrown solutions.
0: Well, we're quite good with coming up with solutions in this country. I love it. I, I love the fact that we have such an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, but from your point of view, what would be the best way for businesses to minimize the impact of productions, their production on the environment and how can they get technology to help them? What, what kind of resources do companies have if they really wanna go forward and say, right, we wanna do something to actually help with this?
1: We have quite a capable ecosystem of environmental consulting companies that come in and do an audit on companies' energy consumptions, on companies' manufacturing processes, on transport processes, all the high polluters. So we have the skills in in the country, you know, and it really um takes a realization that we want to become compliant with with the leaders in the world in this field. You know, um, we have quality standards, ISO 14000 series that are global quality standards, and a lot of South African companies have embraced them, and have started aligning themselves to those standards. You know, and it's it's it it's, it's a journey, but it begins with the willingness to take it into into your regular reporting um, and and monitoring to move that not just from a financial reporting but also to a social reporting and to an environmental reporting as i said doing an audit setting targets and and then improving it um in in regular intervals at least on an annual basis if not uh, more frequently
0: now do you think that? We as human beings are going to actually get this right in the long run to bring it down. And I mean, how soon, if we're talking worst case scenario, do we need to make this happen? Um, I don't think... I'm asking you the stats guy. I don't know these things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, if we look at um, some of the targets that have been set, um, if you look at the United Nations Sustainability Goals, some of those targets have been set for 2030. We know they're not going to be met. We we don't have a lot of time. Fortunately, we have a robust ecosystem and we have a very young generation in South Africa, fortunately. And I count mostly on the young generation to make sure that as a country we take this seriously because the young generation is the one that thinks about their own livelihood, the livelihood of their children and their grandchildren. The young generation is also the one that doesn't have the baggage sometimes or the ulterior motives. You know, sometimes the older generation that has been making a living out of fossil fuels for a lifetime obviously is going to be very hesitant to throw that away and and, and go into something else, you know. So we often have this conflict between commercial realities and environmental objectives. Um, and I think the younger generation is 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 better at bringing the message home. Sure, it takes the old, older, experienced and established generation to actually convert it to action and make it happen. But uh, we have a good environment, I think, in South Africa of of debating opposing views and developing a roadmap of, of moving forward along an agreed framework.
0: Well, one of the things, when you talk about fossil fuels, one, one of the things I got very involved in, um, probably about, 20-odd years ago, was biodiesel. And I'm surprised that it hasn't taken off a lot more. I think mainly from the point of view of food scarcity and the, the majority of the people who are promulgating the use of biodiesel, for instance, because it was also a lot cleaner burning in the environment, um, was that they were using food sources um, like soya or it, nuts or mm, whatever it was that mm. they were using that could actually be eaten. Instead of going out and I mean, there are certain things that you could use which would be a, a viable source do you think that biodiesel is one of the energy sources that people should still be looking at?
1: I think absolutely. I think I think um, we've neglected our own agricultural sector and started relying too much on imports because somebody in the world was dumping some excess food supply at cheap prices. And sometimes it's the it's easier way out, but it's a wrong way out. I think we have the climate, we have the land, we have the skills and the entrepreneurship. And I think, I think we've realized that our agricultural sector has been neglected for a while. And from what I'm seeing, there are good moves of food, um, especially in the, in the SME, MME part, in the smaller agricu- agricultural startups to get that going again. But, but ultimately, yes, that is a sector that needs further focus on investment, not just for food production, but especially for um, revenue sources such as biodiesel.
0: So what is the one message that you would like to get across to people most, whether it be to individuals, whether it be to businesses, about how they can actually be a more, I like to say, unproductive person when it comes to carbon emissions?
1: I think it goes towards a a consciousness of, of what we do and And how we do it, it goes towards educating our children and the younger generation along those lines, um, making sure that we bring it into our school curriculum, for instance. Um, mm. I grew up in Europe, and it was part of our upbringing yeah yeah, just a conscience around energy consumption uh, conscience around waste separation around recycling is is where it all starts, and I think that's where probably the importance for the awareness around greenhouse gas emissions and carbon neutrality needs to accelerate a good couple of notches because we're seeing it in the corporate sector, but we're not seeing it in the consumer space, in the individual sector. Um, a couple of countries have started experimenting with it, where food or retail products are being labelled with regards to their carbon footprint analysis, um and consumers have the opportunity to make a choice and we need to start with those initiatives in in this country as well so this is
0: one place where big businesses actually got the edge on consumers usually we're the people who drive it <laughs> yes, yeah. well anyway i hope that this has given some people some I don't want to use the word food for thought because it's, you know, I mean, I'm mean, i always thinking immediately I want to grow vegetables and get the whole world to grow <laughs> vegetables and be, become carbon neutral and, and adding stuff back into the environment. And you're quite right. The agricultural sector is the one place that we should be looking to when it comes to our way forward, not just from um, food security, but also from the fact that you're growing things that you're putting oxygen back into the air again instead of taking away from it so i I hope that people are listening to what you're saying i hope that businesses do get hold of you guys if they are worried and they want to find out how they can actually become more carbon neutral and uh yeah please let us know of any updates and and figures and hopefully you know in this time when people have been sitting locked down in a, a world which is so uncertain these days they might have been thinking about being kinder to the environment and you're leading the way
1: in that Yeah, thank you very much for bringing up this important topic and spending so much time and focus on
0: it. Thank you very much. Well, for the rest of you, of course, uh, what we want you to do, stay home, stay safe, be carbon neutral, and above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Grounded from Solid Gold Studios in Johannesburg. For more green ideas and events, pop along to Mel's Treasures on Facebook.